Welcome to the first episode of Co and Joe. And this is this is kind of the first episode we've rec- we've technically re-recorded. This is our third recording of the first episode. Yeah, because we did the spaces. Oh yeah, which was good. Which was good, but we the the recording on my phone didn't work, and then we recorded another one. We didn't like it, so now we're here and we're back. What's up, Joey? How's it going, man? It's good to be here for the third time. <laughs> yeah. So just to give a brief overview and kind of an announcement, uh, Joey is now a partner, if you would call it that. I'd call it a partner. I'd say you're a partner in uh, Modern Mastery as a whole and especially uh, Modern Mastery HQ. He's taking over uh, the performance and personal development side of things. I have something to tell you after this, um, Joey. I'll say I'll say it right now. I'm having uh, Ali Ali Nutrition. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing him on to post once a week in fitness and health, and pretty much like just write his threads a week early inside yeah. of there. And I think that'll be really good because I want to make it right now. It's kind of like online business and performance focused, yeah. but it's modern mastery. I, I want to have everything in there and fuck, maybe I'll pay Justin to come in for like the spiritual side of things. That would mm-hmm. be so sick, but I can't, I can't be spending so much money right up front. We need to make sure things are working first. Yeah. But yeah, that's the announce. Oh, sec- so second announcement: we're starting Co and Joe, yep. which will be a podcast every Wednesday, where it's we we kind of just sit back, talk, uh, talk about what we're doing in our business and what we're struggling with, different things that come to mind, and we're just shooting the shit. <clears throat> Sorry, shooting the shit, uh, as opposed to having like a either a formal interview or like different people on all the time. So this one's just me and Joey and we get to talk personal development and online business. The two things that matter most. Yep. Yes. So, uh, what's, I don't know how we start. What, what's on your agenda, Joey? I want to, I want to hear what you've been doing these days. So, the biggest thing going on for me right now is I just left my software engineering career. Oh yeah. And I'm now a hundred percent full time into entrepreneurship and I'm really excited. Let's fucking go baby. Dude, that's it's, it's so good. That's such a good feeling. How did you feel the, like, let's say the second after you left your job or like when you knew, Hey, I'm not doing this anymore or I don't have to go in today. So it was a little anticlimactic because one, (laughs) there wasn't really anything for me to do the last week and my manager was out of town. So I didn't really do a whole lot last week. And then I had to go up to Tennessee to help my mom move this past weekend. So it didn't really hit me until I'd say midday yesterday, which would be Tuesday of the first week. And then today I've been feeling it like, man, I feel a lot less stressed. I feel more energetic. I feel happier. And I've definitely noticed the benefits there. Nice, nice. Um, what, what do you, what do you plan to do with your time? How, how are you changing things up? Or like, what, what was your schedule like? Because we're big, we're big on schedules, right? So, what was yeah. your schedule like, and then how is that shifting? 
So obviously I couldn't schedule calls for my business during the nine to five work hours. So that got mm-hmm. pretty difficult as I started scaling things up because sometimes I'd have a call at seven thirty in the morning and then go to work and then have calls at 6 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. and sometimes even later than that. So I would have really long days. But now I can actually control my availability a bit more. So one thing I did, and I'm going to write a article about this in Modern Mastery here soon. One thing I did is create a separate schedule on my personal Google account, or a separate calendar, rather. A separate calendar on my personal Google account And I put in blocks for things like Twitter content creation and writing articles and writing my newsletters and stuff like that. And the way I set it up was so that Calendly doesn't know about the existence of that calendar. So that means that, for example, if I had something at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning, if somebody wanted to book a call with me at 11 a.m. tomorrow, they'd be able to. And what I do, you may be wondering, well, what happens when things clash? What I do is every day at noon, I grab my lunch, I go for my walk at the park, and then I take a few minutes to look over my calendar and reconcile and sort out any clashes that are there. So if something needs to get bumped back, it'll get bumped back, and I'll make sure that everything flows. So what that does is it allows me to create time blocks for work that are flexible. So the default is, okay, if I don't have anything going on at 11 tomorrow, I'm going to write Twitter content for the week. But if someone wants to book a call with me, cool. I'll be doing something during that 30 minutes to 60 minutes. And then that block for Twitter content will get moved somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying it out. This is the first week. But honestly, I have been taking it a bit easy this week. I slept in yesterday for the first time in months, and it was glorious. (laughs) Um, but I'm definitely going to be trying it out over the next couple of weeks and see if that's something that works well enough for me to actually recommend to my clients. Cause I am my own Guinea pig. Really? I, I like to try things out before I recommend them to people, you know, either in my community or my clients. So I'll test it out and see how it goes. I definitely think I'm onto something though. And I feel like it's something that could go somewhere. It just may have some bugs that need to be worked out. Yeah. Well, the advice that I've always heard and what I kind of do because I I I put my own schedule first because like there's only specific times like if I am not at my desk from 7 to like 10 a.m., I'm not in a good mood. Like I have mm-hmm. to I have to do that and I have to be extremely structured with that or else my day goes to shit. So Like with mine, I only have availability for one call uh, from 10 to 11.30 and they can book like in between that. And then one call from 3.30 to like five. And then that's, but that's every day, right? I know some people like Julian Shapiro, they just only do it for like four hours on like a Friday and same thing. Well, I don't know if um, Joshua Lysek does this, but his calendar is booked like for months, dude. It's like six months out. It's pretty crazy. That's the, that's the thing is like uh, with the calls, 
like they're fun and all, but you're you're stuck in one place for an hour or hour and a half or however long it is. And so I'm curious to see how that works out too. Maybe it works out better for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my business is definitely more simple than a lot of people's probably is. But, you know, all I really have going on is discovery calls with prospects and coaching calls with my clients. So that keeps things pretty simple. But, you know, if I start doing more podcasts with other people and uh, stuff like that, having other conversations with people in the community, I could definitely see that start to get kind of messy because it's really easy for things to pile up and then you don't know where all of your time went. There's been a lot of times where I found myself, you know, like late to go to bed and wondering like, wait, what happened to the day? I didn't really do anything. And that was because I would have a call and then a block of like 45 minutes off and then a call and just like repeated throughout the day. And it's just absolute chaos where you can't really get into flow with anything. So I'm doing my best to, restrict my availability and also i'm really keeping a couple days a week pretty much entirely free of calls and those are going to be days where i work on my Mm -hmm. business i read i chill every now and then want to get back back into writing music for sure but that'd be sick it's it's going to be an evolution you know i'm learning stuff as i go i learn learning what works and what doesn't work and then sharing that with my audience Nice. I mean, yeah, that's what we're all doing, right? Um, And that's something I want to do too. Maybe I need to free up time for that as well or schedule time. Um, Sorry, Ali just messaged me. I need to quit out of that. Ali Nutrition and fucking Modern Mastery. Let's go. But uh, I really want to, if anyone's listened to the podcast with Jimmy Grant or Rose Drive, like we talked about this all day. It's something I've always wanted to get into and I've never done it is like producing EDM, just like my kind of like the style that I listen to. I either listen to like really, really, really hard dubstep at the gym or when I'm like focusing. And then when I'm chilling, it's more like melodic bass, uh, like Elenium. And that's probably the most well known, but there's other like uh, Jason Ross is a good one, but things like that. And I really want to add my own like style and flair to that. And it'd be so fun to get into and who knows where that could lead. Right. That's the, that's the glory of having a personal brand is you can really do whatever you want and have still your main focus. Like I've been, it's kind of funny to see, I've been indoctrinating people with the whole dubstep thing. I've got, uh, like, like rogue wealth did with Synthwave. Um, I've got like King David, he's, (laughs) he's listening to it during focus work now. And it's funny because I've made tweets now and then. And the first one where I mentioned dubstep, it got like five likes, which is abnormal. And then the next one was like 20. And then I made another one and it's at like 200. So people are getting used to it. I can tell. And that might be my X factor is just turning everyone on to dubstep because that shit's addicting, dude. Like I didn't like it at first, and then you get into it, and you're like, oh, that that little that little robot growl, man, that that hits right there. I mean, I've tried to do that with Taylor Swift, but we all know how that's working out for me. <laughs> yeah, 
the more hate that I get about liking Taylor Swift, <laughs> the more I talk about her. I mean, yeah, it's just how it works. <laughs> What's your favorite Taylor Swift song? Uh, definitely ready for it. Ready for it. Sing it. I, I don't, that one doesn't come to mind. Um, Joey acoustically singing Taylor Swift songs is going to be in episode 69 of this podcast. All right. I'm writing that down. All right, cool. I have about a year to practice. All right. Episode 69. Joey sings Taylor Swift live on Swift. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I was a bass singer in college, so. Uh, uh, I'd be more. Actually, I don't know if I'd be higher, but let's I want to talk about how you quit your job, like like what the steps were. And some people don't even know your story. Maybe we should go over that. I mean, we talked about it a bit in the very first. Joey's the very first episode of the Modern Mastery podcast. So let's go over it again. You don't have to dive like super deep into the past. Like just give like bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. And then when it comes to like when you started your YouTube channel, let's talk from like then on and what changed. Okay. So I started the YouTube channel. Back then I was called Improvement Geek. And yes. I was making scientific self-improvement videos every single week. So I started that in May 2019. I made those videos every week for about eight months and then got kind of burnt out and took a break. <coughs> Excuse me. And then during this break, I decided to get on Twitter. And I don't really know why I did it. I can't remember what the reasoning was for it. But I had like 200 followers on my 10-year-old account. I had turned it into an Improvement Geek account, so I was just posting like my videos to no one, probably mostly followed by bots. And I came across people like Jose Rosado, Rogue Wealth, people like that pretty quickly, and just started interacting with people and growing my network. I think I met you and Devin McDermott in like March or April, Mm -hmm. and you were actually the one that hooked me up with a lot of the people that I'm still friends with today. Like you were the one who invited me to that dream team group chat a long time ago. So yeah. So I just, you know, I was pretty cringe back in the day because I took myself way too seriously. I would argue with people and just write paragraph tweets and stuff like that. But I learned over time as we all do, hopefully. And So I kept up with the scientific self-improvement thing and I experimented with different paths. Oliver Canton back in, I'd say June or July, I had one, air quotes, a free call with him. That wasn't rigged at all. But I got a free call with him and he suggested that I change my name, that I wait to sell a product, and that I go into productivity stuff kind of like Tiago Forte. Well, I didn't really listen to any of those three recommendations for a long time. I released a course last summer when I had 3K followers was when I dropped it. I sold a little bit, but it felt really dirty being like a nine left guru. So I quit. And then I haven't kept. I've fully accepted it. I kept going with the experimentation and everything. And then in November, I hit 10K followers. And it was around then that maybe a little bit before, but I started thinking about doing coaching 
because I realized that doing one-on-one personalized coaching was a way to make a really deep impact on someone's life. So I had also talked to Jack Butcher for a while. That was a free call for like reviewing one of his courses. And Mm. so basically I, huh? I might take that to get like video testimonials for modern mastery. If you want a free call, join modern mastery and give me a video testimonial. (laughs) Exactly. So it eventually all came together as doing productivity coaching or performance coaching for entrepreneurs. So I started doing that for free for certain people in November of last year started, you know, gaining experience and also getting the sweet social proof and then started getting paid clients in December. And then in January, that's where it really took off. I started getting referrals from the people I had helped for free. I started getting referrals from the people who I like my paid clients. And I started getting a reputation in our community here on Twitter as being a good coach this guy helped me sort my shit out, like make more money, have more free time. I feel better. I enjoy life. And it's just kind of picked up from there. So what I did was I paid off my credit cards. I saved up about six months worth worth of expenses, being conservative with some padding. And May and June were looking like pretty good months for me. So I decided to go ahead and do it. I figured if things are going this well with me doing this like part time or on the side, it it could be even better doing it full time. But also another reason, another big push why I did it was my mental and physical health has started to go downhill because I was working 80 to 100 hours a week between the job and the business. Yeah. And I felt a responsibility not just to myself, but my clients as well, because there were a couple of times where I got on a call with a client and I wasn't feeling good, like I was tired and exhausted or whatever, burnout. And I didn't want to do that. You know, somebody's paying me for the best me that I can give them. So I felt a responsibility to do whatever it took to give that to people who I'm working with. So that was really the final straw, and that made me decide to put in the two-week notice and go all in. I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in my network, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, me too, man. Like I, and, and that's the other thing is like being able to – so one, you already have an offer that's validated. And what, you're starting group coaching – too bad for people that I, I think this episode is going to come out in like a week or two. Yeah, We could probably film two of these and then get that on track. But uh, that's the thing from like here on out, you can create like variations of the offer and actually have time to keep up with them and just increase even further. You can create a product and funnel people into it, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, that's, that's sick, man. I'm very happy for you in taking that plunge. Yeah, I'm really excited and I'm looking forward to sharing my full story soon on Twitter. I might even write an article in modern mastery about it. I think it'd be applicable because that's the goal, right? Like that's the goal for people to 
go from a nine to five that they don't vibe with to creating a side hustle that they can sustainably work on without going insane and then turning that side hustle into a main hustle and then being able to scale that as they see fit. So I definitely think that there's value in sharing that story because I feel like there are a lot of people who start on that path, but then they get burnt out. They don't get results as fast as they want to, and they just kind of give up. And there's a lot of unachieved potential in that. Yeah, for sure, man. That brings something to mind. I had a call with um, uh, Bodhisattva Beast, Beast, Bodhisattva Beast today. He's a cool dude. And we were just talking about like money Twitter as a whole and like the like platitudes again it keeps fucking coming up I'm tired of talking about them but uh like platitudes basic advice even like just flexing uh screenshots of money or telling people how much money you make and like how it doesn't like feel good to do that right and the balance between actually marketing yourself because I'm a like I I love marketing it's especially Twitter marketing. If, if I were to specialize in something, it'd probably be Twitter marketing. And that's kind of is what I specialize in. So, but marketing implies social proof and social proof implies numbers. And it's like, I, I I don't, we were talking about the battle of that because, um, he's growing a bit slower because it, it just feels bad. Like when you post that stuff and like, aren't keeping it, low profile like you're putting a bit too much out there like even on the mass modern mastery hq landing page like i put numbers on there right it's quantifiable it gives people something uh to look forward to achieving but then at the same time one those numbers don't even matter this is something that's also been recurrent in my head too is like yeah i i one part of me wants to just go all in and scale the fuck out of this thing and my uh, all of my offers. But the other part of me wants to slow down and actually listen to the message of Modern Mastery that I created earlier in that I want all of my focuses. I, one, my, my business is not here to make a metric fuck ton of money. It might in the future if I sustain growth and can productize enough to actually like hold that and like branch into other social channels and uh, possibly run paid ads. If I ever fucking create a product that would do well with paid ads, but that's the thing, right? I I, I want to make a good amount of money. I'll throw numbers out, but like I want to make between 20 and 30 K, which fuck low pro I do, but I want, I think that's a very good range because one it's sustainable especially if you have an audience and good offers and then i we want to you and i both want to normalize four-hour work days so i want to normalize the four-hour work day which i have been and my days are fucking amazing when i do this that's the other thing is i want to have like as many amazing days as possible i think that's the point of life maybe in a sense but i want to have as many fucking amazing days as possible by doing work that I enjoy. I want to go hard as fuck all fuck in the gym, feel that pump, get jacked, feel energetic as a byproduct. 
I want to cook my own meals because I enjoy doing that, listening to music, fucking dancing around, having a good time, being in the moment. And then I want to soak in as much wisdom as I can. And to me, that has to be structured, right? I could hire people to help me scale my business, but uh, it's it's just not a priority right now. I like doing what I'm doing. I like actually um, like being active in each part of my business. I like being active in the discord. I like being active on Twitter. Um, I kind of like being active on Instagram. I still don't really get it, but that's, that's kind of the entire point of modern mastery is to make more than enough money to fuel a lifestyle that you enjoy, have money to invest. You can get rich slowly or kind of slowly in the stock market or crypto or whatever, and then just fucking enjoy. Like that's what I'm all about. And truly that's when, when my focus is there, everything else disappears. Like there's, there's no worries that I'm focused on being present. Like those spiritual concepts that actually really help. And it's, it's a good life. That's, that's the message of, modern mastery as a whole. And I'm curious to hear if, uh, I know you haven't spent too much time out of the job yet, but like what, what's your vision of Cypreneur as a whole, or even just like your coaching? So coaching honestly has been the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. Like waking up to a message or hearing a client tell me on a call that things are getting better and they're happy, earning more money, living a better life. That's like the most rewarding feeling. It's indescribable. So I definitely plan on continuing coaching for the foreseeable future. It's not something that I want to like exit. I don't plan on ever, ever training anybody to do what I do. Right. Partially because there's something to be said about the experience of coaching, right? Like it's one thing to know the theory behind it, but it's another thing to actually be applying it with people. So I I wouldn't feel right about trying to train someone to do what I do. So Cypreneur will be a one man show for a long time to come. And other than that, I definitely want to make a course. It'll be basically the fundamentals of my coaching program. I think that makes sense to make. And that would give people a more affordable way of accessing the things that I teach in a uh, packaged manner. Because, you know, I put out a lot of content in the different communities and stuff that I'm in and on Twitter. But I think that makes a lot of sense. And then... Yeah, I've got a couple other things working in the background, but they're just kind of ideas at the moment. Yeah, I like it, man. And what do you what do you see your days look like? Do you want to normalize something? <laughs> and then, like, so you want to normalize four hour work days, but then what do you what do you like doing in the free time, Joey? I kind of know this, but I don't know. I don't know the real Joey. Honestly, I, I love reading. I unironically love reading about personal development, psychology, neuroscience, physiology. Like I, I just love learning about how stuff works. I mean, that's what got me on this path in the first place 
was learning about how my mind and body worked so that I could improve myself and become the best version of Joey. But now I also read to help other people become the best versions of themselves. Right. Right. So it's debatable whether you could say that, you know, me spending four hours of reading, like, is that work or is that funsies or like whatever it is. But outside of that, I have dabbled in music for about 10 years. I had a podcast on YouTube um, about eight years ago where I was DJing independent artists. It was called the Omega 21 podcast, but I had to take it down. I actually had permission to play every song that I ever played on the podcast. But over time, the artists that I was playing grew up and got signed to labels who auto found those songs. So I didn't want to get my channel taken down. So I took, I saved and took down the videos of the podcast, but that was Mm. fun. I would like to get into music production. I want to write a series of concept albums. I've got this big story that I've been writing about these three consecutive albums. But then other than that, play some video games every now and then. I'm looking forward to Elden Ring and Baldur's Gate 3 whenever they come out. And I also play tennis as well. Nice. Nice. We're very similar in like the reading and the music aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give these... Uh, recommend i asked justin because dude if you how the fuck does justin like i really i'll I'll get him on a podcast but i want to hear like exactly like the steps he took to be able to articulate these extremely like difficult to articulate concepts he's very like very just fluid with everything he says and that's i want to get to that point and so today like he sent me a video to uh check out that he made and i watched it i'm like dude like first question that came to my mind is like what what's your favorite books and he said the kabbalion so i have this open right here actually the kabbalion k-y-b-a-l-i-o-n uh it's like the study of hermetic philosophy and then he said the way of the superior man, which I wrote off at first, not from Justin. I'm actually going to read it now because of Justin, but I've heard that many, many times. Right. And I'm the type of person where if like everyone's recommending it, then I'm not going to fucking read it. And the same goes for, or he's, he said he's also reading becoming supernatural right now. And said that he's really enjoying that one. So I'm going to read all three of those, take extensive notes because these sound like books that I fucking would love reading. Like I love reading uh, like spiritual slash personal development style books, not even self-help dude. That's another thing. It pissed me off. Like I know I made a video about how like self-help is different from self-improvement, but it's becoming a common thing on Twitter for people to trash self-help. And that's like the main thing that got all of us started. It's the same thing with platitudes that I got started by binge watching motivational videos before the gym. So fuck off with all this shit. Like there's, there's people that can get great value out of this, but I love, I love self-help books. I love all like spirituality, 
personal development. I've never really been able to get into business books. I just like taking courses on that to keep my game up. But I really like reading like a very well written concept. And that brings up another thing. The people that say like you're not an expert unless you can artic- like you can make a concept a difficult concept into simple words. I think that's bullshit. Like there are concepts that take like years and years of experience and understanding different concepts that coincide with that concept and being able to explain it. And sure, you can water it down. You can water it down and make it simple, but I really think that like I love being I love when it clicks in my head where like I understand this very difficult concept now. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not able to articulate it, but I understand it on a personal level. What do you think about that? Well, <laughs> I would partially agree with you. Okay. So I do believe to a point that until you're able to understand or until you're able to explain something simply, then you may not understand it well enough yet. So what you're talking about with Justin, the way he's able to articulate these things in such a way is because he understands it so well and he can communicate it so well. Now, there certainly are people who are experts and know a ton about their topic. They may know it inside out, but they may simply not be great at communication, right? So they may not be perceived as an expert. So it's not a hard and fast rule as with basically anything. There's a lot of nuance to it. But the better that you understand something, usually the better you're able to communicate it. But I'm the same exact way. I love it when I'm reading something and it, you almost feel something click in your head, like you said. You know, it's just like a sudden aha moment. Yeah. That it's just an incredible feeling. And that only really comes from immersing yourself in content books, articles, research papers, podcasts, YouTube videos, whatever about your subject matter until you start making those connections and even after, right? You know, I I see a lot of people who learn a little bit about a topic and then Dunning-Kruger syndrome may kick in. For those who don't know, Dunning-Kruger syndrome is where you know a little bit about a topic, but you think you know a lot. So you think you know better than most people. When in reality, you don't know very much. Mm. Then after that comes what's called the valley of despair, which is where you realize, holy shit, I'm standing at the base of a mountain. Like I walked over a little stone and I still have this big mountain to climb to get to the peak of whatever field I'm studying. Well, in that moment, you can either despair or you can become excited. And I think that Mm. for those who are truly curious and hungry to learn more about a certain topic that becomes exciting that becomes an adventure learning becomes an adventure and when you turn learning into an adventure that's a key to a fulfilling life i feel like you know because learning more about whatever thing you want to learn about becomes an adventure in itself and then as you learn, you can turn around and teach other people who don't know as much as you. And it doesn't matter 
another thing I see a lot is people who are afraid to share their knowledge because like, oh, I just started. I don't know enough. Or I'm not very far down the path yet. I haven't climbed very high up the mountain yet. So who am I to teach? Like, dude, like if you are two steps further down the path than another person, you can turn around and tell them something that they didn't know. If you're one chapter further in a book than someone else, you can teach them something that they didn't know. Mm -hmm. And when you teach something to another person, you learn it better yourself because when you're trying to communicate something and teach it, you're going to catch your blind spots and your weak points and you're going to be like oh yeah i need to go learn more about that and then you get better next time that's an iterative process right so the more that you teach the more that you learn and the better that you get as you go which is why being a content creator is so powerful because you're not only learning more yourself you're also teaching others and everybody's winning essentially yeah, I agree with that. And it's actually something that the Art of Purpose, uh, we talked about on our podcast, which is right before, it's not before this one, it's a, it's going to be a few episodes before this one. But uh, like he was saying how the best teachers are the ones that are just a few steps ahead, because half the teachers, like in school, don't know what the fuck they're talking about because they're just going off of like a curriculum and they're they're well, okay, no, they do know what they're talking about and they're able to teach well because they're like reviewing the curriculum, like one step ahead of everyone there. So they're able to teach rather than just go off the dome and all of that good stuff. So that's another thing that he talked about is, and what I forgot who's doing this, but someone's planning on creating a course where, oh, I know where to, so one of these guys from Modern Mastery is going to be creating a SaaS course. So how to actually build a SaaS. Mm-hmm. And he's building his SaaS right now, but he's also building out portions of the course along the way, which I think of as extremely powerful because he's going to hit stumps and he's going to be able to write down, write down those stumps immediately and tell people like one, how he overcame them and how he would plan to avoid the next one. So I think that's really good. And I think it's something that uh, on Twitter, like people are turned off by is the gatekeeping, man. I, I try to like keep my nose out of things, but it's, it's pretty bad. Like people like to gate gatekeep stuff a lot. I've noticed over the past couple of months that Twitter has turned into a big positioning game. Yeah. So you have a lot of people who constantly talk shit about platitudes. It's like there's a big difference between an account that occasionally posts a one liner versus an account that posts nothing but one one liners. Right. Mm-hmm. But even still. Why does it matter? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> like, I don't understand why our community spends so much time paying attention to what other people are doing. Right. Because our community is all about personal development. It's all about growth. It's all about growing your business and growing yourself and growing your mind and growing your spirit. So why are we looking down on so many other people in the community? 
Dude. And then you have people who will talk shit about each other in group chats and then act like they're bros on the timeline. Yeah. I see it all the time. You, and I don't you know what I think because I don't want to get involved <laughs> in drama because I don't I don't like drama. I'm a homeschooled kid, dude. Like I, I'm I'm not a fan of drama. I'm not looking for that kind of crap. Right. So I just like observe. But it's just really strange to see how much shit gets thrown around. And then people just act like they're chill on the timeline. Yeah. The the other thing I've seen a lot is when these people are beginners, right? And let's say, well, let's say this. Let's say I'm a cool dude. Let's say I'm me. I'm I'm a pretty cool dude. But bef- <laughs> <laughs> until that okay, goat before- never kicks in. Yeah, really. The Okay, so let let's say I were to start on Twitter right now. Yep. And it, and I get into the platitude gang because like the all only one-liner platitude gangs because I don't know anything fucking else, right? I don't know anything else. Do you think that talking shit like seeing accounts that you respect talking shit about platitudes and pretty much like like I wouldn't say bullying but like just talking shit about you on a consistent basis. Are you going to continue or like even try to iterate on something or even reach out to them to help? You're probably never going to reach out to them to help ever again, or even anyone related to them. Right. It's just like, there could be so much more nuanced takes about like shitting on platitudes. If that was somebody's intention, intention, right? People aren't tweeting like telling you to stop posting platitudes because they're trying to help you. They're trying to do it for the clout. They're like, I don't post platitudes. They're posturing. Right. And that's the main thing is like, fuck man, just hop in their DMS and let them know a better way of going about it. That's really all you have to do. And then you have a loyal fucking fan and, uh, a, a better, like you're creating a better community that way. That's, that's the way that I'm thinking of it right now. And I encourage everyone else to do this too. It's, it's like avoid the prejudice really. And I fall into it, but I try extremely hard to keep myself from actually saying something until I understand the full story. Like if I get triggered or offended by something someone says, it's like, okay, I need to take a step back and actually think about this and think if I should let it affect me. And usually it doesn't. Usually it just comes around to the point of like this guy like spat out a tweet really quick trying to be controversial. And that's really it. Well, there's a lot of time back there. Like I said, (laughs) a big part of it is positioning. You know, people positioning themselves as I wouldn't do that. My content's good. Those other guys, their content's shit. But my content, I'm good. Like, I'm intelligent. I'm the guy whose Gumroad product you want to buy. Nine left, by the way. Even though I shit on people for nine left, like, nine left. There's that. (laughs) And then, you know, you talk about nuance and getting to know someone and DMing them. We're on a platform that's about saying something in 280 characters and scrolling while we're on the toilet. There's not a lot of time for nuance and getting to know people, right? Like there, the people are just making snap judgments, which is human nature in the first place. But people are just making snap judgments 
and they're never taking time to wonder like oh okay is this stoic profile picture person who's posting like believe in yourself and the sun will come out tomorrow like are they actually a good dude or are they just a platitude account and they're just straight making a bad judgment a negative judgment immediately Mm -hmm. and you're right that is harmful to people who are new in this community because people are probably coming with good intentions they want like they may have read these profound quotes in a book or something and thought that they want to share them with people or maybe they got Chinese for lunch and they want to share like whatever was in their fortune cookie. I don't know. But who cares? The reason why it triggers some people, why platitudes trigger some people so bad is because platitudes get engagement. They get the numbers. And there are other accounts who get jealous of those numbers and think, well, that, that person doesn't deserve those platitudes or doesn't deserve those numbers they're posting platitudes i post better content it's like on twitter or maybe any other social media platform posting better content and getting more engagement are not necessarily cause and effect they may be somewhat correlated sometimes but they are not tightly bound if you post better content you may be outside of the like maybe above the reading level of certain people in the community or something like that. That's not an insult. I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but factually, you know, the average American reading level is like fourth grade or something like that. So if you go on and write a tweet that has a bunch of technical jargon in it, which is what some people do is what I used to do. Then people aren't going to take the time to understand whatever you just vomited out. It's not their fault, right? So these people who are complaining about platitudes get irritated when they look over and see, oh, this other account is getting all this engagement, but they don't deserve it. I don't understand why all these sheep are following this account and liking their tweets. Who cares, dude? Like, if you want the engagement, then write the platitudes yourself. If you don't want to write platitudes, then write what you want to and take whatever you get. Like, or just try to write whatever you want to write about, but write it better. Figure out what your... See, this is where most people are screwing up. They don't know what their target audience is. They're trying to appeal to everyone, and so they're not really appealing that much to anyone. People need to figure out what their target audience is, and then they need to speak to that target audience. If they want to sell something, or even if they don't, I mean... Who cares? Like if you're a keto carnivore fitness account, do you care what vegans think of you? (laughs) Because if you do, then you probably shouldn't. Then you need to reevaluate what you're doing with your Twitter account, right? Unless you like pissing people off. So I think that if you figure out your target audience and start speaking directly to them, and stop worrying about what these platitude accounts are doing, then you'll have a better time with Twitter. Yep. I agree. I like how you put that because, well, yeah, I don't platitudes in my experience don't sell. Maybe I'm doing something a bit wrong, but like you're not really selling anything with a platitude aside from like a feeling. Right. You're selling a feeling as opposed to information. And that's good. I might tweet that. But 
<laughs> I would say that. And I say, I think there needs to be a balance. Like the, the thing that I follow, the Twitter matrix that I coined is like 20 per, no, like 60 to 80% um, growth. So things that will attract the audience, whether that's a platitude or me trying to articulate something deep or uh, even like actionable, like basic, like beginner level actionable content can get you a good amount of followers. Um, but then on top of that, you also have to approve your authority in whatever it is that you're trying to do, right? And display some form of authenticity. So like 20 per, 10 to 20% authenticity and 10 to 20% authority. So showing that you know what you're talking about and showing that you're a human. And I think all of those combined creates something good because you're pulling in followers. It's like <laughs> you think of you think of like platitudes or basic tweets as a lead magnet, right? This is just like a funnel before your funnel is uh, platitudes are like a lead magnet. You're pulling people in to follow you. And then your authority and authenticity posts are, so, I would say your authenticity posts are more so like indoctrination. So the indoctrination sequence in like email marketing, after they download the lead magnet, it's like telling them what, uh, what you're all about, um, what you teach, how it can help them possibly introducing the problems that they have and how you plan to fix it. And that's kind of it. Right. And then after that, you can take them down the other funnel with the actual lead magnet, but that's the main thing. So when you first started talking about how platitudes don't really sell anything, that's true. And basically my thought is, is if you have a platitude or a growth tweet that gets eyeballs on your profile, someone who's never heard of you before gets eyeballs on your profile and they're like, huh, okay, I'm going to follow that guy. That's a win. And then you post something showing your personality or you post something showing your expertise, like a banger ass thread about how the brain works or something. Mm-hmm. Then the person's going to become more interested in you, become more attached to you and may become a customer just because some user likes a platitude doesn't mean that they aren't, capable of becoming a customer i think that's the the disconnect with the platitude haters they think that the growth gain from platitudes isn't worth anything that's not true it's not entirely true you're also gaining a lot of social proof when you have a higher follower account it doesn't necessarily that you are a more valuable person or a more valuable creator or that you are better at what you do if you have more followers but that's just how we humans judge things. Like if you put a 100 follower improvement geek next to a 32,000 follower cypreneur, which one are you probably going to follow? Which one are you probably going to take more (laughs) seriously? Right. That's just how we are. We make those kinds of judgments. So like, it's like exactly like you said, there needs to be a balanced content strategy and intentionally have different types of tweets that have different kinds of purposes. Yeah. Customer aware or yeah, customer awareness yep. levels as well. You got to take those into account. Yep. Like people that, so for those that don't know, step zero, I'm pretty sure it starts at zero, not five. Step zero, uh, they're unaware that they have a problem. Two, they're aware that they have a problem. Uh, 
Three, they're aware that there's a solution. Four, there's a, they're aware that of your solution. Five, uh, they are very aware of your solution and they kind of just need that little push over the edge. So that's yeah, mainly it. You can work people up that awareness level. See, me as a performance coach, a challenge that I recently realized that I have is I actually need to help people be aware of the problems that they're facing and why those things are problems and why those problems need to be fixed. Yeah. Because if I come up to you and say, hey, man, I'm going to help you sleep better. I'm going to help you organize your time better. And I'm going to help you get more shit done. And if you say, well, I'm sleeping fine. I feel okay. And I get enough done. You're not going to be interested in my coaching program. Right? Yeah. But if I can manage to do a good job of explaining, like, you know, you think that you're getting enough sleep if you sleep six hours a night, but you're missing out on an entire sleep cycle. So you're not being, you're not recharging the battery enough at night and your day is a mess because you don't actually schedule all that much and you're multitasking and you're busy throughout the day but you're not actually productive and here's what you could do if you fix those problems then i'm helping the person like go up this awareness ladder and that makes them more likely to be a client and it makes them more likely for them to be someone i can help right it's not all it's it's about income and impact hopefully in people's businesses it's like you want to you want to work with people that you can actually help so i mean that's really the key to ethical business i suppose you know people think that sales and doing stuff like that is unethical but if you have a product or a service that people legitimately need then it's kind of unethical not to try to help them with it, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree too. And yeah, I think you can only understand that by actually creating a product or service and starting to sell it. Like you can't, you can't be the judge when you not, when you have zero skin in the game. But I think that was a very good conversation for those. So in, in this, we, plan on keeping these to like 30 45 minutes we made it to an hour almost so that's sick <laughs> and that was that was fun joey i enjoyed this one and i'm excited for the next yeah i am too i'm looking forward to episode 69 <laughs> yeah really okay man uh what Let's let's do shameless plugs. I think we need to make that like an ending thing is just always shameless plugs. Okay. So you go first. All right. Well, I'm Joey and I am a performance coach for entrepreneurs. So I use proven science-based methods of optimizing your performance. And as a recently turned full-time entrepreneur myself, I have a few new slots for availability. So if you're interested in working with me, please hit me up on Twitter or you can email me at joey at cypreneur.com and we can talk. Nice. And I fully endorse this coaching program as well. Uh, but hi, I'm Dan. And <laughs> hi, Dan. <laughs> Hello, Dan. I have and a problem with Chipotle. 
I do have a problem with Chipotle, but uh, Modern Master HQ it is a community for soon to right now it's mostly online business and personal development. I handle the online business stuff. So, uh, getting you, getting you set up as a creator coach or freelancer, helping you with the marketing sales side of things and the social media. So pretty much teaching you everything you need to know on a weekly basis with articles and then monthly basis with trainings and then a bi-monthly basis with uh, roundtable calls, which is a live call where both Joey and I are on there and you can ask any question to us, kind of like group coaching, but you get it at $9 a month instead of a good amount of money, but it's only by it's, it's bi-monthly, but it's still very helpful. And then there's the discord channel where you can talk about all this shit and it's just extremely helpful. And soon it will be all encompassing, like becoming a sovereign individual actualization self-actualization like it, it, that we're gonna have health and fitness we're bringing on this young dude who's like a fucking genius when it comes to nutrition he's going to be writing articles in there uh there's the mental performance that joey's handles there's online business that i handle i want to get something spiritual going in there so it's just all encompassing mind body spirit and money everything you need to live how you want work four hours a day doing what you enjoy and just living in the present moment the rest of the day and doing what you got to do. So join that, go to join.modernmastery.co. You can also find the link in the show notes. I'll have both my link there and Joey's link, and we can have a little bit of a competition. So whoever uh, you want to support neither of us really care which one you support. So click whichever link you like and, um, join because it's fucking awesome. And I mean, it's, I have, I have a cat to feed, so just saying. Fuck off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> buy, buy from Joey's. I could, care. Uh, I still make money off that link. So <laughs> <laughs> buy from Joey's link and get in there. And then you'll probably get put into an email sequence for my consulting program. So, can enjoy that and try not to work with me, but I guarantee a, a lot of good shit, but that's it for this episode. Um, hype for it to go out and we've got more coming every Wednesday along with the normal modern mastery podcast. And that's it for now. Thanks again for coming on, Joey. We'll see you in a week. Looking forward to it, man. <laughs>